Livermore Live Music presents Spotlight. Shining a light on Livermore's incredible music scene. Here are your hosts, Rob Allen and Kevin Snyder. We're coming to you from the studios of Advanced Creative here in Livermore. Today, the spotlight is on Crawdad Republic. We've got our special guests, John Williams and Dave Haberman. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I'd like to apologize up front for my voice. Somebody took it. Yeah, right. You sound a little scratchy today, but um, actually, that's a segue to the first order of business before we actually get started, which is we do have some refreshments for you that hopefully will help with the voice a little bit. So today we have two things. We, we like to have something appropriate to the guest. And of course, we had to start. The only thing appropriate for you guys would have been, we're all going to die IPA from Altamont Brewing. So cheers. Cheers. Hey, all you. Slouncher. Yeah. Oh! Chink, chink. And then I will also, uh, we brought something else special. So this other thing, I got to tell you, my wife is a pal. I mean, she's my best friend in the whole world, and she's a pal. Your, she's hot. Your wife could yeah, yeah, your wife is hot. She is fantastic. Yeah, and she is, and she's hot also, right? <laughs> I know. And, and the other day, she came in the house, and, she's, and she knows I like scotch. She doesn't care for it, but she knows I like scotch. And she said, well, I saw this bottle uh, that... Looked interesting, so I bought it for you. And indeed, she bought me a Glenfiddich 14 that was finished in cognac or cognac barrel. Hey. So I've never had that before, but um, I brought it and I have a little sip for everyone. Just Shout to out, KA. Let's get loose. Yeah. Yeah. Do you sip it so or do you, you party it? Uh, I would uh, sip it. I would yeah, sip I'm it. Gonna no, sip. it's not a shotter. It's a, it's a I'm going to sip Before we sip this, I just have to apologize for mm. Dave's voice today. Yeah. Because it's really going to. It's really going to put a damper I on things. I had not noticed. Okay. The one other thing that we always do is I, I mentioned something of a humorous nature, but this is not funny. This is serious. I'm pretty sure that I heard a woodpecker calling me paranoid by Morse code. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> we, got the, we got the buttons in effect. <laughs> very, very well done. So well um, I always like to kind of mention what we're going to try to cover today. So we're going to talk to you guys. Uh, we want to start off in just a second by making sure we talk about all the members of Crawdad. We, we only have room for two at a time, but we want to make sure everybody um, gets recognized. We're going to talk to you guys uh, individually about your backgrounds and you know your musical backgrounds and how you got into all of this. Uh, and then how Crawdad Republic formed and, and all of that. We want to talk about your music, your live performances, your songwriting process, your recording, and so forth. And then we're going to talk about your plans for the for the future, which I know you've got a whole bunch of things in the work. So that's kind of the, the schedule for today. Uh, let's get started. John, tell us you know a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point. So before we get started, I've actually prepared some questions for you. Oh, okay. So Turning the tables. I'd like to just ask real quick, how did this whole podcasting get started for y'all? What was what was the inspiration behind this website and the podcast? Well, I'll, I'll address that. I thought it was my idea, but then Rob said, oh, Doug mentioned that a long time ago, so... Well, I think, it's was... like, I think it's like <laughs> Newton and Leibniz, right? I mean, multiple people can come up with similar ideas, sort of, it's in the wind, it's at the, you know, it's the right time. I think both of you yeah, guys Yeah, I were... just thought it would be a good idea to, to, for, you know, a place where people in Livermore or all around the country can, can listen and find out what's going on here as far as the bands and the venues and, you know, it, just promote Livermore live music through this podcast. And I, and they're very popular. 
I have a follow-up question to that. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that it was Doug's idea first. Um, who's Doug? <laughs> That's a good question. So we're actually going to talk about Doug in just a second yeah. here, so we'll come back to that. Yeah, so I, I only asked not to uh, put y'all on blast or get you, but as uh, just a big fan of what y'all are doing, we just want to say thank you so much for continuing oh, to do oh, this. Big time. The website yeah. is transformative. It's the most essential piece to our community to build up what we all ha- love and have going. So thank you, and we're humbled to be here. Yeah. Oh, um, well. So I appreciate that. cheers again. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, which one am I grabbing, so, John? You know what? You choose. Yeah, you have to pick, right? <laughs> John's always looking for reasons to so, uh, so cheers. So you brought it up. So I'll mention quickly. I mean, we, we have some. So first of all, Livermore Live Music is not just um, Kevin and I. There's a community of people that got together, got sort of late last year, late 2018, and started talking about how to promote live music and recognize the live. I mean, I didn't make the live music scene a little more. It's been going on, but how to, how to promote it and, and make it better. And there's people from venues and bands. John, you were involved from the very beginning. Um, I'll mention Mark Claren, Dane Stark, uh, Anna Steiger, Meshach Jackson. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm forgetting some people, but there's a bunch of folks who were involved in early meetings where we talked about what can we do to, to, you know, create this mm-hmm. atmosphere that promotes and recognizes it. So just trying to raise the tide for everyone and bring more people out, recognize what a great thing live music in Livermore is, was a big part of the, of the effort. And honestly, looking down the road, we're hoping to make Livermore a legit music destination nationally known. Right. So that can't happen overnight and we can't make it happen by ourselves. But we're hoping these little pieces of it will turn it into where when people in, you know, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, for example, are thinking about where to go for vacation. They'll go, well, we could go to to any of these wine countries in Livermore or we can go to Livermore and there's wine country and there's this live music scene and we can go have a live music vacation and we can go see, you know, we'll stay there for a week and we can go see 15 bands in a week and we know how to find them through the LivermoreLiveMusic.com. The Austin of wine country. Exactly. Yeah. It, that's actually so, a, that's the right phrase. Yeah. So you mentioned Oshkosh, but I also want to give a shout out to Spring Green and Baraboo. And Bagosh. Oshkosh, you can't say Bagosh without Oshkosh. Well, that's, you know. true. that's true. Shout out but Bagosh. I, 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 do, I do have Rest family in, in those two two other towns. So. Right. And we may as well mention Boise because oh, yeah. you've got family there too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, let's let's bring it back to, I'll be the dungeon master no, here. I we'll got bring family it back in more places. Roll for perception. So, John, uh, yeah, again, yeah. a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, so thanks for asking. Um, I grew up, um, as I'm sure we all did, uh, I know Dave did, um, sort of a musical family. I um, I was really lucky. Like, my memories of childhood are going to music festivals, uh, specifically one called the Strawberry Music Festival. It's just like, for me, that was Disneyland. You know, I, I, I remember being a small child, running around in a meadow, seeing live music, um, just getting to explore. And so this idea of live music has always been sort of in my bones and my blood. Um, sort of only the first generation. My father, uh, Kenny, the musician in town, long time. My mother plays guitar. She owns one. Well, if we put her to the test, she could play, but, you know, she doesn't actively do it. So I kind of grew up with this, these things with strings on the walls. And, you know, I always wanted to experiment with them and bang on them and play them. And, um, Never was much good at them, you know, but I loved them, right, um, growing up. And so for me, it was kind of like it was family business, you know. It, it was – I remember other than going to the music festival in town, there was something called the Martinez Music Society. Um, my folks were great friends with with friends out in Martinez, and what they had was sort of similar to sort of what Livermore looks like now. It's like a bunch of musicians would show up at this pizza place – 
and they would rotate playing. And I remember being a child just running around outside playing with friends. And it just sort of felt like I was destined to to do something like that. Uh-huh. And, and it didn't feel, you know, bigger or smaller than anything. But, you know, I should play and I should sing on a microphone and I and I should do that. And, and so, you know, moving on from there, there's a whole story that our lives kind of tell. But to kind of get the short version of it is... I learned how to play like one song on the guitar in third grade uh-huh. and I played that song for three years right. and that was that, you know, and, uh, I met a couple other friends, um, one of which plays in Crawdad Republic named Brandon Olivo and another buddy, uh, John Baratia, who with those two folks, we ended up forming a band called Normal Like You in middle school throughout high school. Right. It wasn't called that at first, but long story short, I met these two, these two friends and they play guitar much better than I did. So, you know, we started thinking, well, what can we do? Let's try to play in a band. And the pinnacle moment that made that happen was Brandon Olivo, for his birthday, rented a drum kit. Ah. And so we had a drum kit in a garage, and it was sort of like, everybody call all your friends, and it was experiment (laughs) rotation, see what happens. Because prior to that, we were banging on pots and pans and playing and stuff. And after that, it was sort of like, oh, like this, this sounds like fun. Yeah. And uh, me being the worst of the three guitar players, I was like, oh, I guess I'm playing bass. So I, I got down <laughs> on bass. I was not happy yeah, about uh, it, to uh, be honest. Story. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just true. Um, and I'm so actually happy that I ended up playing bass. So, so how this happened was. Meanwhile, in school, I'm taking violin lessons, you know, in the school system, which I'm so thankful that Livermore had at the time in fourth grade, Uh fifth grade playing clarinet, sixth grade playing saxophone, seventh and eighth grade marching band and all that. So I'm so grateful for that because that was huge. I was like, learn the rules, play the game. I hated the rules. I hated the game. I love making... I like to play music when I didn't know what I was doing, when I made sounds that I, I didn't understand right. what the names of them were. Like, that's what that's what school wasn't my thing. Like, this was my thing because, like, it could be good, you know, and no one could say it's objectively like a 95 percent. It right. was like, no, it was, it was my thing. Right. Yep. So, you know, moving along. um, Continued to play with these with these kids, and I played bass, and I took lessons from Jim Hurley, local legend in town, right. uh, fiddle player. He, Influenced, like, uh, two generations of musicians in Livermore, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing human, still influencing generations yeah, right. of, third, of humans. Right, maybe fourth, and, yeah. and just an incredible person and a wonderful musician. So he, he kind of taught me that the bass wasn't a second-place trophy, as I thought when I showed up to play it, right? Um, and, and I'm so appreciative of that. So from there, um, you know, sort of the rest is history, playing in punk rock bands and uh, sleeping on some floors and, you know, uh, getting right. into in and out of things and life takes you where it takes you, eventually kind of meeting this. Well, the, I guess I still met this guy when we were playing in the band Normal Like You, and it's funny because I think he met my dad first. Yeah. Actually, when I first moved to California, I went to a guitar show with your dad before I even knew who you were. Like, years before I knew who you were. Now, Dave, how old were you when you moved to California? I moved from Cape Cod, Massachusetts when I was in fifth grade. Okay. So I was about 10 years old. Uh-huh. And that's the same year I started playing guitar. I um, 
we had a membership at the the Roanwood pool. Yep. We lived right over there. Shout and, out uh, Roanwood. Yeah. yeah. So my dad, my dad uh, plays, and uh, he would always play. And he was the guy who would like bring his guitar to the pool. And at first, I was like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> right here we go. Like you know, like I'm new to the town. There's all of these like teenage girls at the pool, and I'm 10 years old, mm-hmm. and my dad's yeah, over my dad here just like hollering away. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. H. And then yeah. one day, I got out of the pool, and there were all these 16 year old girls watching my dad play guitar and I don't remember this but he's like I will never forget it because you were so upset with me for like playing out loud you know like being the loud guy at the pool and then you came out one day and you kind of just looked at your feet and you were like Yo, can you teach me how to do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably the experience of like 30% of the guitar players in the world yeah. is something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so um, so I started playing with my dad, and has, as he tells it, I don't mean this as an insult to him. He's like, I taught you until you were better than me, and then we put you in lessons. I would say for me, you know, um, John and I are both school teachers, <clears throat> um, and I taught eighth grade the last three years, right? And especially with teenagers and people who start getting older, like you go through a lot of things where you try a sure. bunch of different things. And the one thing I just never stopped doing was play music. Um, so it has sort of been like a constant companion, you know, and uh, you try different things. There's been ups and downs. I was a definite uh, metal dude for a while, which was great. And yeah. then I only played the blues for a minute. Right. Like you very stalwartly. Um, but then, um, you know, uh, I met these guys when I was a junior. These guys, these guys, by these guys, I mean, John yeah, no, and uh, no, but there was already oh, yeah, these guys. there was already. I mean, I knew some of you back when when you were in high school, and there right. was already the 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 kernel of what became Crawdad Republic was already forming at that time. Totally. For so sure. I, I was never in there. They had normal like you, their punk band, yes, which was right. like a really big deal, right? And uh, I was never part of that. But punk punk band, though, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I put. I mean, we were all best friends, right? We yeah. hung out together all the time. So actually, I specifically remember sitting in uh, your dad's shop. John's dad's shop uh, before it was even finished and we had a couple of space heaters <clears throat> and we were playing some like lame 90s song but they taught me how to harmonize right so mm. they were harmonizing together and they taught me how to pick the the three spot right and um, you know over the time that we played music together over the years that, um, especially advice from this guy here who had been doing it forever like hey w- when you harmonize like try to make it sound like one voice right yes. like try to match the diction and the timbre and all of those things. And uh, so there was that. Then for a while they went off, did their band thing. I went to college. I exclusively used my guitar to try to pick up chicks uh-huh. um, because my roommate was much better looking than I was at the time. Um, and uh, At the time, not so much now. Well, now I've got my... Um, <laughs> wait, I got the modeling career going. Um, this has been really good. But, uh, you know, when we all kind of came back from college and were hanging out again, Again, um, I was actually living at our bass player's house. Um, so as he started doing his thing, we all started playing more music together, and it just kind of gelled. And then we started a band called uh, Of Shape and Sound. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was an interesting experience because we were all in our, what, early 20s and uh, fresh out the gates. Um, I will back <laughs> up one step just to say the first time I met Dave that I recall um, was great because... Uh, th- the first time I met Dave, I met Metallica Dave, oh, yeah. and Metallica yeah. Dave was like, "What's up, bro?" And he pulled up in a, a minivan with a crate full stack in the minivan, yeah. right? Yeah. And you pulled up to Chad's house. You remember this? Yeah. 
And and he it was like a normal IQ practice, but I don't even know if we were called normal IQ at that point. It no. was, be, it, I think it was pre that. And Dave pulls up and like he's like, "Let's roll." And like <laughs> I don't think we even had conversation. That's what's so beautiful about music, right? Like we didn't know yep. each other too much, but we're like, "What Metall- Metallica songs do you know?" He's like, "All of them." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we just and played like go. we just played and you know got the cops called and that was that. You yeah. Know? And then from there, it's just so funny how, like, you know, well, after that, I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Let's hang, right? Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit more in a second about, about when Crawdad Republic gelled. But quickly, um, of Shape and Sh- Sound was a transformative experience for all of you. And there were a bunch of other musicians there who are they're not in uh, Crawdad Republic now, but they're still out there in the Livermore music scene. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that began as a John solo project. I'll let you extrapolate. I guess I'll, I'll say, we'll start with... Uh, Normal Like You kind of fizzled out uh, like 2006, 2005. Mm -hmm. By the way, depending on when this drops, uh, Normal Like You will be playing a reunion show at Altamont Beer Works on December 28th, 2019. So... This will drop before then. So yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. So come on out, check That's it out. Awesome. It should I be fun. I already told my son about it, and he goes, "What? Yeah, yeah we're going to try our best. So we'll try our best." Yeah. But talk a little music. bit now about how how Crawdad Republic gelled, where okay. the name came from, and sort of when you decided. I mean, you have a very distinctive vibe that is dis- unique in Livermore. I think there's some other bands that are that are aspiring to be like that now. But you guys came out, you know, of the gate and you were a different thing than anybody else had heard in Livermore. How did that all come to pass? I, I don't think you can tell the story of Crawdad Republic without the timeline. story of, of Shape and Sound. So right. let me oh, timeline course, yeah. it real yeah. quick. Normal Like You fizzles out. Uh, I decide to make an album. Uh, I think I put it out in 2008. I still have 800 copies. If anyone <laughs> listening wants one, please... Uh, Try to email me or something, or, or info you. at Liverpool More Live yeah, Music. Yeah, coasters. At any rate, uh, the the album was called Of Shape and Sound. I met up with Dusty Boyle, mm-hmm. uh, foundational piece of Crawdad Republic, best musician that we know, like best human that we know, and so we got we got together, and he tried to help me make this record sort of sound like the record. Did not at all, and then we kind of evolved into like let's just do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, started playing, you know, kind of this rock sort of deal and uh, added other people to the band. Brandon Olivo, who was from Normal Like You, jumped on as well. Uh That's where Dave comes into the picture. Like, we're done with college. We're all kind of back united. I think the Wild Vine plays a critical role. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's a wild, there was a wine bar in town, which I know that y'all remember, called oh, The Wild yeah. Vine, yeah. which became sort of this place to experiment and, and sort of almost this live open mic sort of atmosphere but we would kind of just experiment and book the night and and you know do our thing and have fun and so this band kind of evolved to add horn players um drummer we got adam elliott a a incredible drummer who played in various bands throughout our upbringing um Mm -hmm. So he joined the the deal we got brandon we and then we had a bunch of horn players as well uh which rotated from it. Being a trumpet player, that's what I loved about of Shape and Sound was the horns and the yeah, that absolutely, was awesome. absolutely, yeah, that it was super fun. If we yeah. could, if we could keep talented horn players like always come into play, like I don't think we'd ever stop doing that because like horns live is the coolest it's thing so ever. So cool, yeah. but it's really hard, honestly, and not even horn players. It's hard to have eight people playing a yeah. band. Period. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it's hard to have three. Yeah. And this was before know? anybody yeah. had kids or like a real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were still. 
So yeah. honestly, but eventually this morphed to a crawdad republic. So so this is how it happened, really. I mean, like yeah. So okay, so around this time, I'm realizing because I'm an electric guitar player, but like. You know what I mean? If you were to right. give me, I'm the most proficient of a musician on electric guitar. Yep. But then I was like, well, everyone and their mom plays guitar. So I picked up the mandolin. I was starting to sort of get into some more bluegrassy ah, stuff. Yeah. So they actually found a place for me in Of Shape and Sound playing the electric mandolin, uh-huh. which was simultaneously the most fun and the dumbest thing I've ever done. But I mean, like I had bought like all of my parts were like one note, just like, but I didn't care because I could just dance super hard. Um, so, but <laughs> during that time, I had learned how to play mandolin. Um, I wouldn't say well, but like passably. Um, so we were, so I, I could play mandolin, and then we were really just like getting hot on bluegrass stuff, specifically um, the singing aspect of it, uh-huh. and how the dynamics of playing with acoustic instruments. You know what I mean? Because when we yes. first started, it was just the four of us, right? Dusty. Right. On stand up, Brandon on banjo, me on mandolin and guitar, and him on guitar and mandolin. Right. Um, so we, I, I mean, at least for me, this is how I felt. So we really started getting down, and uh, Johnny had written, uh, I think, Iceberg Meadows and one other song that we were sort of playing in that um, setup. And then I wrote, We're All Gonna Die shortly after. Um, and then we just got super fired up. We we're like, oh man, there's something Sounds about good, right. this, right? And this is a really good va- like base to sort of showcase what at least my favorite part of the whole thing is, and that's the the singing aspect, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a really good base because it doesn't it supports and is beautiful, but it doesn't take away from sort of the vocals. Um, where sometimes you know if you got like screaming guitars and all sorts sure. of stuff, you you can get lost in the fray and and what you have to say in that um, format when you're singing when you're talking you know lyrics lyrically um you can hear it and people can hear what you're saying and uh and you feel like there's more gravitas to the words at that point and i think all those things sort of gelled and i know that john and i kind of conferred on a bunch of tunes and then we were like let's get pumped up we're like brandon learn to play a banjo (laughs) so here's how it works here's how it works uh and this we're talking pre-doug era but uh brandon and uh dusty are super good and john and i are good we do the best we can (laughs) you know what i mean so we were like brandon learn to play banjo and like a week later he's like all right cool yeah and then he's very talented and then dusty was like i'll just learn to play (laughs) stand-up and it was like same timeline so we're like i guess we have a thing now you know and so we kind of started booking shows or at least that's how i remember i mean that sounds about right the last little go back and then go before go before the fjord uh, re and before it please. the fjord's coming uh, so when i go before we have to go back first okay. and, and when we go back um i went to college at uc davis and i met oh, these yeah. i met these cats um who are now like the the band big sticky mess awesome oh, band player yeah, right, two day right, town yeah so i met them and i met patrick because i played on the ice hockey team with Patrick and Patrick's the bass player, Big Sicky Mess, at the time was a guitar player in a funk band. Um, I move in with this funk band. I end up playing saxophone in this funk band. 
a subsidiary of that is we start this other sort of like folk project called Quicksand Marching Band. We're sort of doing this and simultaneously also of Shape and Sound is coming out and playing in Davis. And then it just starts becoming this thing where like, we don't want to bring amps and like a bunch of horn players and drums and everything. Like, let's just oversimplify it so that we can get together in someone's bedroom and play some music. Right. And that, to me, that's kind of how Crotta Republic started. It just, you know, the natural... Well, that makes a lot of sense because to me, you. I mean, you guys have, you have so many things going for you, but I think to, to someone who doesn't know you well and listens to your music, they would say, well, the two things that distinguish you are sort of the, the folk rock, uh, a little bit it's, blues influence, but it's hybrid. It's yeah. A, it's, and also then yeah, your, your vocal but, harmonies, right? Those yeah. two things characterize what became Crawdad Republic. And so now it starts to make sense to me like how that all came together. Um, you've mentioned Doug, Doug Allen a couple times. Uh, so how did he, Who's Doug? Yeah. yeah. How did, how did he enter into the fray of, of Crawdad Republic? I feel like you avoided the question. <laughs> um, I'll take this one. Uh, Doug. <laughs> so when we started our budding, uh, public school teaching career, um, John was teaching and he, we were singing a lot. We were playing a lot and he actually developed a vocal node, um, so he had doctor's orders, like no more singing. Um, so we were like, what do we do? We have all these sh like shows booked and he was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't do it. So Doug, who produced our albums and, uh, someday, um, cause I know he's listening, we'll produce the third one. <clears throat> That, that we started, but, but he was also. Wait, 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 wait. That, the that was there was a, the there was a dramatic pause there oh. for a reason. <clears throat> and someday wait. he will uh, produce the third one. Dramatic. Uh, oh, there it is. Was like I'll just be Johnny. And then we were like, cool. But he wasn't about to sit there and sing uh, with just a microphone. So we were like, let's bring in the keys and do the whole thing. Got it. And then uh, the way I remembered it, and Doug can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. In he the actually can't because he refuses to be on the camera. <laughs> but he, uh, but uh, then I was like, well, dude, check this out. And then we kind of started writing songs and then like putting piano parts in them, like run around sort of like. And then we we're just like, oh, sorry, man. Now Whoops. you're just like in the band, yeah. you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> to be fair, though, Doug has a long... I have a long history with Doug. I right. mean, like, normal like you would play with his bands in high school. Well, uh, you, you yeah, know. and you have to mention Flashover, right? Yes, I mean, correct. Yeah. Shallow, Flashover, right. and then all of a sudden, like, fast forward a few years, Doug is a normal like you before right. in the band Neural. Right. So Doug actually replaces Brandon from Crawdad Republic in Normal Like You at one point, and then Brandon re-replaces himself. Yeah. And so it's a whole fun game. You There's know what a I mean? flow right. chart. It's actually yeah. Uh, yeah, on the it's website. It's like the Game yeah, of Thrones yeah, flow like chart. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Mess. And so, yeah. you know, duh, I, mean, duh, I mean, I've had such a good, amazing relationship with Doug, and yeah. he's, he's incredible. He's a, he's a the unsung hero of the Livermore live music scene because he's there. He just doesn't want to be on the camera. Right. Well, I, I think he's a pretty talented musician. Well, he's yeah. a pretty talented human. Yeah, you know? all yeah. those things. I mean, given the plan, but he actually he turned out really well given his upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> you what, though, man, that guy's mom is so hot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Doug, yeah, he he's been an incredible part. He's recorded all the Crawdad Republic albums. He's also produced them. So he's had a heavy hand on the songwriting, kind of smoothing out the abrasive sort of places in which we needed a helping hand right and so it just it just worked right it kind of he we put some pieces in that where he would be playing on them and so all of a sudden he's in the mix you know right 
And that's and that's how that came to be. Simultaneously for the second album, so Crawdad Republic One was exclusively Dusty Boyle, Brandon Olivo, myself, and Dave. And then we started playing with Doug, and we also started playing with Adam Elliott again, this drummer from Of Shape and Sound, right. jumping back in, and it just it just sort of worked, you know. Um, and so that's what became Crawdad Republic Two, and then in the future, you know, that's that's where we're looking at, you right. know. And and you have that third album, it, like in the mix. It's written of things, right? Of yeah. That you're doing well, now, you right? know, it's so funny. It's like we have enough songs written for it, but in the past, it's just like because of our lives, it's so busy. It's like we have ten songs, and now, whoops, we have ten songs, and now we're we have an album. But you know, nowadays, it's kind of like, well, we got ten songs, but yeah, these next couple of songs are better than the last couple of songs. So it's like, you know, it's it's the. Uh, it's that cycle of being a musician. It's like you right. know, it's, it's never com- good enough, it's and the it never will be. Competition between like the perfect being the enemy of the of the pretty darn of good. Good, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And so yeah. that's that's where we're at now. So, how would you guys like to come into my corner? Sure, okay. Kevin's corner. Kevin's a, corner. Is this, oh, are we gonna is actually this a metaphorical location? corner, or do I have to get up? Wait. <laughs> It's a, it's a metaphorical. Can I roll for Arcana? It's like Dungeons Can I roll for Arcana real quick? I'd like to roll for perception, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin's Corner is a kind of a segment where we take a deep dive oh, in, into yeah. stuff. So it's we're going to we're gonna, and taking in. a deep dive into Dave is scary. Cool, but, man. I like that. But, but, but it's all good. Yeah, so, I'll sit back. So, um, so what kind of drew you guys to music? What, what really... Yeah, um, what, was the, what was the impetus? I mean, John already talked about you know his, his introduction dad and to stuff it. like that, and, and the music festivals. But what about you, Dave? I like to, uh, and given my profession, uh, this place to my strengths, I like to be in front of people being loud. <laughs> no, I you think I have um, a voice for that. Seriously, I, I'm surprised. Uh, but um, no, I think you know it's funny, kind of going back to what we were just talking about with the with the albums, right? Like. We work really hard on our tunes, and, and the tunes are all like really personal tunes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're really, really personal tunes. Um, so we always have this dichotomy when we play of like, hey, we don't want like the message of the tunes to get muddled in the circus that can sometimes be our show. Right. But we right. also have, and this is a, a circuitous way to get back to your question. We also have the ability or the. Um, not the ability opportunity. No, it's a it's a problem. It's a negative. Well, I'm looking for issue. Yeah, we also have a thing where like we we can't let a crowd like down. You know what I mean? And so it's like if we get like a show is um, you know only there if a crowd is involved. Like we don't yeah. we don't like the idea depending on the venue of playing music at people. It's like, "Oh man, you guys came, like you're here and we're here together." Um and so I think that's sort of the deal is it's like something for me that I'm like, "Oh man, if I'm leading a song and everyone in the room knows the words to that song and we're singing that song, like I'm not a religious guy at all, but that's the closest thing that you can get to that kind of thing." You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think while you know, when I was 10 years old, it was to pick up chicks at the Roanwood pool, which I never did better than because my dad. Because your dad was yeah. your dad. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately, like with some wisdom and some hindsight, looking back, I've always thrived on being like, all right, how can we get people to congregate? How can we get everybody in the room having a good time, making sure that everybody feels included and that nobody feels as though, like, I don't ever want someone to look at 
us play or whatever and be like, oh man, like that could never be because I want you to be so in the moment and yeah. and uh, participatory that like you are part of it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so which shows in your performances, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's sort of the spark that, that got me. That's that drew your me inspiration. To it. Yeah, is is using me music as a vehicle to get that synergistic relationship Ab with whoever you're in front of. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it probably started with a teenage ego of like, everybody look at me, but I think that's where it evolved to eventually. Right. Uh, so th this is for both of you. Uh, who inspires you? Who inspires your music and, and uh, well, just inspires you in general? Um, you know, um, I mean, to be honest, this guy inspires me a lot. I was going to say the same thing, but I, I know that's oh, corny. Yeah. That's a corny I'm, thing. I'm, I'm, and I'm getting teary-eyed. I, I know that's a corny yeah. thing to say, but like again, like we're at this situation where we just like explained. You know, we want to have fun when we're playing tunes, but at the same time, like we we have something to say, and and we're real we're real serious about that. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. And so, like, when this guy writes a song, like, it makes me want to write a better song. You know what I mean? Like, and I love the fact that we can play and I can be in a band with someone that inspires me in that way. Yeah. But other than that, like, to be honest, I like, have that. well, yeah, we I know. And again, and y'all have a really, uh, like, healthy situation in that, right? And, and that's a good thing. It's not necessarily a competition, it's more like. Damn, yeah, that was right. good. Let's you, let's right, keep yeah. that going, right? Like, I gotta. But it's hard. It's hard to find those relationships in your life. Exactly. Right. Oh, man. And so when you when you find them, it's you know, it's a miracle. I it's gotta tell you, yeah. we are so, so lucky in that I mean, just seeing other bands look, there's always band politics, right? Like everybody talks about it, it's like being married to but like uh my bandmates are my best friends. You know what I mean? And and that's not um yeah. that's not you know, lip service. Like I would take a bullet for any of these right. guys. Um, I grew up with most of these guys, the guys who I've not grown up with. I have spent the last decade making music with. Um, and now, you know what I mean? Like right. we're going to the hospital to visit each other's kids when they're born. Yeah. And, and uh, I would say like uh, as far as group dynamics go and interpersonal relationships go, like we have some of the best communication skills that where I'm always like, dang, if I could use this anywhere else in my life, it would be so great. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, I think that's actually a, a reason why live music, not, not just in Livermore, but everywhere is an important thing. Right. Otherwise, you could just go and listen to a stereo or you could go to a bar and they'd turn the stereo on and you could hear note for note, you know, the great recordings. But it's because in general, it's not always true, but in general, bands tend to be people who found each other and get along with each other and they have an energy about them. And the audience likes that. And then you guys are particularly good at engaging that and bringing them into that. And it's a feeling. It's a human feeling that people like and that's why well, live music is an important and great thing and it, and as you two know and as we know it's not it's not peaches and cream all the time you know what i mean <laughs> it's right. like being yeah. married to in our case six people you yeah. know and and you got to work at that you know you and if yeah. you yeah. don't like your your art suffers yeah you right. know and everybody i mean john and i are the loudest ones but everybody so we're apologizing the most yeah we definitely <laughs> apologize <laughs> but everybody uh, i would say is equally strong-headed they sure. just are like, you know, and so figuring out like how each of us work and, you know, making sure we're giving people space and when they need it and like kind of pushing them when yeah. they don't. And you know what I mean? That's something that's not easy to well, do. And it just 
it just kind of worked out. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, it was, uh, it's well, been so, a really cool. So thing. I'm intruding on Kevin's corner a little bit oh, as, I, as I tend to do. But, a lot of it. Yeah. But I will say Casey. that's, that's one of the things about Crawdad Republic that I think impresses me and, I, and should impress a lot of people is, um, you have a bunch of great singers and a bunch of great songwriters and a bunch of great, you know, musicians who have chosen to stay together and make great music together. Not, I mean, not very many bands do that, but you're truly an ensemble band in a world where that doesn't happen very much. Well, it's really simple. I mean, how many other bands have a flag? (laughs) More to that later. I I just want to add one more thing is that I will say the most meaningful piece of feedback I've ever gotten about our shows and I've received it several times is I've had a few random people, usually people who are a little bit older, come up and say, it's very obvious that you guys love each other. Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. I will comment also, by the way, a lot of people don't know, but ensemble is uh, from the French word ensemble. Ensemble. That means ensemble. That means my part's not big enough. Hey, Uh, I think it's a good time. This is broadcasted live, right? Because we need Dusty. If you're watching, we would like a ride home, please. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Shout out Dusty. Shout out Dusty. (laughs) Um, you, You guys talked about way. I don't know if you remember way back before Rob interjected. Um, <laughs> you were talking so about your about songwriting <laughs> and everything like that. And I was wondering if in your songs, it, um, are there any hidden meanings? I mean, you're very, you're very much storytellers. You're, you're both, you both tell stories in your songs and they're very emotional sometimes and some, sometimes very entertaining, uh, and humorous, funny, yeah. humorous, uh, right. stories, but are there any hidden things that just reading the lyrics or hearing the lyrics you wouldn't know about that you would like to share yeah no i would say well i mean i know this is sort of like a um a stock answer but i think it's true and john and i have sort of talked about it at length is that um i I, we kind of like to shy away i mean we'll tell each other what we meant just because like we live in that circle uh but i i think and you might feel differently, but we kind of like to shy away from dictating what the song means. Cause if you took something from it, that was different than what I meant. Oh. Like, cause I'm coming from a super personal experience that's personal to me. And I'm sort of trying to express that in a way that is like conveying a feeling that most people can feel and have felt, you know what I mean? But that is yes. not specific to my situation. Yes, right. Um, and so I feel like you cheapen that experience a little bit by being like, yo, this song is about the time. Like my girlfriend left her shoes out in the hall and I was <laughs> all mad. Yeah. No, that song is called I'm my not, girlfriend not, left her shoes out in the hall, by the way. Point. It's yeah. on cry I'm not, three. I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not looking for, you know, that kind of level of what, what that song about, but are now, there, are no, there yeah. are, are is there a deeper meaning to your songs than than what is just I love that question and and I love Dave's answer and I'm going to probably say like some, I, I, something synonymous to that because yeah absolutely yes you know what I mean like I think when you write a song as you both know as being amazing songwriters we're we're at a table with great songwriters so you know we can scold yeah, to that cheers, cool. um oh, what no. I'll say to that oh, and I know oh, oh, wait, Dave's no, running a little cool light there yeah, the no, well, see this saying. is what brotherhood looks like that's to the republic oh well now I need some okay, no right. I'm just kidding um so I think the deal with that is um 
Absolutely, right? Every song is deeply personal. And, you, you know, I think a part of it is trying to hide some of the meaning because... It's true. You know, right? I, I mean, I think a part of the art is is trying to say, like, you know what? I really want to say something. At the same time, like, the way I like to create art is if you want to know what it is, you got to spend some time with it. Like, I, I don't want to make something, like, as much as I want to be authentic, like, I put a lot of thought into what I want to say. And so when I write it down, it may seem dumb, it may seem, you know, simple, but, like, to me, it's not. It's, it's like, right. it's, it's complex, you know? And I would love to people to get to all the way tapped into the matrix with it, but if they don't uh-huh. and they think, like, hey, this is fun and I like to bob my head... Yes, like that's awesome too, you know. Um, I I would love to make a song. I think we all would, right? Is that like people could, if they want, spend a lot of time with it and and really question things and ask questions. And to be honest, I would love to answer like any of those questions with anybody, like in one on one conversations. But like where Dave's at, I don't want to broadcast like, oh yeah, here I will if 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 it's. I'm in the same spot, you know. Right, writing songs, you know they. They have a personal meaning to me that may not be evoked, you know, yeah. out into the into the uh, ether. But um, uh, but there is that. That's kind of what I wanted to get at yeah. is that there are there's a deeper meaning to songs, and I agree totally with Dave uh, that you don't want that. You want them to take away from it something that's what they personal will, right. to them. Not what you felt, but what you inspired them to feel about it. Well, I'm still trying so, to figure out the, the deeper meaning to dead skunk in the middle of the road, though. I, I, know, well, there's, I know there's <laughs> something there. Literal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's good, too. Literal songs have a, a deeper uh, they, they, meaning. Right, right. Right. I actually struggle with that. I, I struggle with not being literal. I have a hard time obfuscating things yeah. that I write about. What's wrong Shout with out that? vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. Obfuscating. That's Obfuscating. right. We have a good, Shout we have, out we have a good friend. Uh, Way to make your podcast accessible, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Hey, the um, buttons have been a little lackluster. I'm just going to make a comment right now uh, yeah. to the button. It's because we started talking about Doug. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, there we go. go. There we go. Um, you, have, have you guys ever uh, had performance anxiety? Have you oh. ever, um, has that ever come into play? I can't imagine Dave would ever have. Yeah. Up front, I did, I think. Uh, up front, I did. I don't know. I can't speak. I mean, we've been doing it for so long now. The first time, twice in recent like memory, have I had performance anxiety. And the first time, they were both at the, the Bankhead. So the very first time we played the oh, bankhead, yeah. and then when we played to the sold out bankhead, because that's very different than what we're used to, right? I we're, we're, can't imagine. Yeah, that. so I mean, yeah. imagine you've been to some of our shows, and and they're usually very fun and lighthearted, and you know a little bit loose, and then um, you go to the bankhead, and they're like ten minutes till the top of the show, right? And like, and well, and then you, you come go out you, on the stage. Well, mm-hmm. then you stand on the side, right? And yeah. you like are looking at each other, and you can hear everybody, <laughs> and then some dude with a you know walkie-talkie is like, all right, bring down the house lights and introduce the band and then you go out and it's lights and you can't see anything and you do the like I guess I wave like this move and then <laughs> you stand up there and then it's dead quiet and you can hear everything and it's just people sitting down being like what do you got like at least <laughs> at least normally at our shows I'm like well dude if I biff a solo I can make a super funny joke after and make up for it like right. it, you know the band good's not for jokes 
Right. <laughs> I would, oh, good. Jo- uh, Rob will never play there. <laughs> I would just mention, that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> performing. Oh, that, don't say never. What are you all doing on New Year's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the you band know is I mean? headlining. Yeah, maybe we can squeeze you yeah, in. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second. All right, yeah, good. we will. So I would say, you know, I've performed for a long time, and, and Dave and I both have the uh, the job of, of teachers. So we stand in front of people and we talk. So I don't. I think because of much experience with that, I don't have a lot of anxiety getting in front of people, um, which could also be bad, right? Because it, it can make you maybe not as prepared as you need to be in those moments, right? But I will say, I think that I do get anxiety from the moments in which we're not sort of maybe just doing our thing, but where we're really trying to like be responsive to the room. And it's synonymous with teaching as well, right? You're only as good of a teacher as you can respond to your students' needs. So I think we really like passionately like take that into like a performance. When we play live, we really want, are trying to scan the room and feel the room and say, Okay, what do we need to do right now? Because although I love to play this super passionate, like sad song that I want to spill my heart out and connect with yeah. y'all, maybe it's not the right time. And maybe it's time yeah. for like Cotton Eye Joe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we just had to learn for a wedding. I will, Shout out wedding. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> um, wedding, yeah. I will say that we definitely have a thing. So, I mean, like, I can't speak enough to this and we should get into this because I have a whole soliloquy that I want to say about it. Well, we but get, like, we, shout we, out we, soliloquies. We, so. All right. Well, so it's right up there with obfuscation. Yeah. The, you the, we whole, have the vocabulary section bottom, right? Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> Thanks, the, the hometown crowd. I mean, like God, we could not be more grateful and like, I hope they know how much we appreciate them and how much this community means to us. Um, but on, on the other side of the coin is we like playing for people who have never seen us before and winning. You know what I mean? Yeah, Being yeah. like, them oh, over. man, we're going to yeah. be over here. And I would say one of the best examples of that was the USS Hornet. <laughs> when we got hired to play for the Marine Corps annual ball, I forget what it was, but they were not used to. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. not used to having a live to band, a bluegrass country especially, rock. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. a band like us. And we played like. First of all, playing on an aircraft carrier with a bunch of fighter jets and Marines in their dress blues with swords is the coolest thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. we have well, that was cool. And playing in a fjord in Alaska was cool too. We should right. get to that. Oh, but yeah. like, uh, but so we're up there and we're playing like we play like six songs and we're like, dude, nobody. What do we do? You know what I mean? Like nobody. They're all looking at us like the average face was. Yeah, the average right. face was very, very military. Um, <laughs> and so, this was like for only the, for like for our radio listeners. So they, Marines they can drink, right? Yeah. So and this okay. was only like three beers in. So you know, they're yeah. Like, so all of a sudden, I look at John, and John looks at me, and like usually we loosen up when uh, after like two songs, when somebody biffs something super hard, and then everybody laughs at him, and then we're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we're sitting up there, and I look at John, and he looks at me, and we're like, we gotta get the we gotta get the girls on the floor, man. That's it. We gotta do it. So we get like people out dancing. Yeah, right. so we played a cover that we knew like most of the girls would respond to. They did. Next thing you know, Marines are dancing. Mm-hmm. Then they do party, and I promise you, this yes. is true, and you can vouch. By the end of the night, I had forty Marines in dress blues, with swords on, holding hands, doing the hokey pokey. Yeah, right. on so. an aircraft carrier <laughs> in front of fighter jets, and that's where and you know I was just like, successful. we won the party. Yeah. We yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want a couple of things I want to make sure we touch on. So quickly, um, you guys are so involved in the community 
And that's really important, right? You're not just a band. You're out there trying to make Livermore a better place. Um, John, you were, you were the ringleader of Love Livermore Live, which was a benefit for the music programs, uh, you know, here in Livermore. Tremendous thing. You're hoping to make that an annual event, right? Yeah, shout so, out Johnny Yeah, Williams. shout out, right. Shout um, out Johnny. We've mentioned it on Johnny. this show a few times before, but I just have to say Two Day Town is a big deal. You know, one of Livermore's uh, uh, gems. It's maybe not as well known as it should be, but it's a big deal. You're centrally involved in putting Two Day Town together, as was your dad before you. So, you know, shout out for all that. Um, we are getting ready to put together a compilation album uh, called On Stage by Livermore Live Music, which is just trying to find another way to promote and encourage and recognize the incredible original music by these live music performers in Livermore. You and me and Kevin and uh, other people are working on trying to put that thing together. So, you know, thank you guys so much for being so involved with that. Um, your, uh, your plans for 2020, I know you have so many things in the works. Um, so I'll stop talking and let you respond to these. But you've got your third album coming up. Doug? Yeah, <laughs> right. So if people, I'm sorry. It may not be clear, but the Doug that we keep referring to, Doug Allen, is the Doug of Advanced Creative, right? Same and guy. of Crawdad Republic. And of Crawdad Republic. And, and of your loins. And his, uh, amen, yeah, right, <laughs> right, yes. And his buddy and partner, John. Yeah. But Doug and John McConaughey, right? I mean, they've put this incredible studio together and they do this incredible video production, music production stuff that they do. Um, uh, also, you've got, you've got a performance at the Bankhead. You've mentioned that, but you're playing on New Year's Eve. At Correct. the Bankhead for the third time, I think? Second, Second, Second time. time, right. Yeah. Okay. Second but time. that's going to be awesome. Um, and you've got Two Day Town 2020 coming up. And I know you're deeply involved in putting all that together. I, I, I don't know if anything I just said sparks a, yeah. a, something you want to respond to. I'm sure. I think uh, a couple of things. Um, I want to go all the way back to the beginning of the conversation where yeah. I kind of mentioned, like, you know, I grew up going to these music festivals. And to be honest, like, they were sort of these bluegrass folk, um, but not limited to that, specifically the Strawberry Music Festival. And I think that kind of birthed Crawdad Republic, like the sound and the inspiration behind the acoustic instruments and doing what what we're doing. And Two Day Town started happening in 1999. It was called Festival Del Arroyo. 2000, Two Day Town started. And Two Day Town was basically like a version of that, but that we now had stake in the game, like we could be a part of it because now I'm born in 85 so now i'm a teenager you know getting into this mix and so was an important part of my life and and i hope it to be an important part of our kids lives and our kids kids lives and our kids 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 lives so again as you've shouted out on this podcast before like best kept secret and you know we hope to sort of keep it that slow growth like everyone needs to get it but like we want people to know about it and come out and support it um so that's something that we're really passionate about and i'm working on and and it's coming forward the bankhead theater 2020 we're super humbled and honored to be a part of um that is something that like as kids from you know from this town i know dave's from cape cod but pretty much from this town from fifth grade on and as kids from this town like that like to play guitar just on couches and and hang out and have fun like Playing at a theater that's, like, the legitimate venue is just, like, I mean, we can't say enough yeah, about where that. Yeah, we've seen some of our own idols, you know, right, come through town right. and play there. And, and, so to have been invited and then to actually have had uh, people come out was really, really 
amazing. So. And I want to acknowledge the Bankhead Theater uh, yeah. management for what they've done there, right? Because there's there's a couple of big venues in Livermore that have like nationally known, interna- internationally known performers come out and play. Bankhead's one. You know, we've seen Mark Cohn and yep. and you know. Uh, all these tremendous acts come out there, but they also support the local music scene. They don't have to, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, well, we got to shout out Scott Kennison yeah, for that time because he's, he's been just an amazing part of like amplifying the community's voice. Right. And to be honest, uh, Dave and I sat on the board of the Livermore Valley education foundation for a few years and, we were really trying hard to raise money for kids, and mm-hmm. and he just, I mean, never even questioned anything we wanted to do. He just only said, what can I do to support? Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest with you, in life, leadership should be that statement. What can I do to support you? Right. Like, yeah. I trust you. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Yeah. And, so, right. and so, you know, we've been... We've been very fortunate to be in the graces of these amazing people and, and have these experiences where we could play on the stage. And so in 2020, you know... We're looking to do it again, and we're excited because we have two albums now, and we're working on this third, and we've got a lot of songs that we're really passionately excited about, and we're going to be performing a lot of them. So, we're so plus, if you come out on on Bankhead 2020, like you are still out and about. By oh yeah, this is an important point. The the wine, the what is it? Champagne reception, the brute yeah. reception we- is. 10 o'clock and then you're out. Yeah. You know, so in fact, I'm going to use a phrase that I heard you use on the Bacchus brothers one. And I will say that we go, the show's from eight to 10 and then the champagne reception is on fleek. On fleek. Yeah. That's right. It's so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's cool because because <laughs> you can come right and you can stay. We play for about it's two hours, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a you know intermission and stuff, and then afterwards there's a champagne re- uh, reception. I want to say reflection reception. It's um, a champagne reflection. It's a reflection on everyone. Champagne. Picks up a mirror. Look, they talk about the year. Everyone just reflects on the times that they drank champagne. No, but um, and then you're out and you want to roll down to another party. Well, you got two hours till the ball drops. And there's you know a know whole bunch of places that have got live music on New Year's Eve, yeah. Totally. First Street Alehouse has Bacchus yeah, Brothers. Episode 3, if you haven't checked yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we Episode did last three, time. Right? It was awesome. We played and then quickly packed up our stuff and went to the Alehouse and just watched Bacchus. We were like, what a better way to go. Are By the way, do, they're doing that again this year? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Are they? No, I yeah. think they're. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I, he said it on your podcast. Yeah, it was just, it was also on Livermore Live Music. Oh, uh, really? I, I was say, there. Huh? I have to say about French. So I recently have had occasion to, to try to learn <laughs> French a little bit. No, I'm serious. I'm... I'm trying to learn to speak French, you know, a little Button bit. Alert. And yeah. so I I didn't understand this before, but in French, typically the last letter of a word is not pronounced, right? So S-A-L-U-T is pronounced salut. It's not salut, it's salut. But isn't it salut? No, it's salut. That's isn't Italian, right? Oh, okay. But in French, it's salut. And it, often in French words, it's the last two letters that are not pronounced. So I've decided that in my uh, dialect of French, I'm not going to pronounce any of the letters, then I can speak French flawlessly. Like, watch, watch, watch. That was... All right. <laughs> here's here's where you messed up. Here's where we went off the rails. Here's where you messed up. Here's where you messed up. You had a huge opportunity with occasion. Oh, 
Like I, I was learning on occasion. I learned to speak French. There's something there, bro. Yeah, you got to figure I that out. My, yeah. yeah, that was really messed up. My man. bad. Tune in next month. Yeah. yeah. God. So They're I'm gonna actually review that in Kevin's uh, corner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually uh, We're gonna deep into the yeah. joke. We're gonna do dive that jokes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm smiling, but I'm actually very very disappointed. <laughs> so I want to mention I want to mention also before we finish up here that. Um, Finish up. We're just getting going. We're just starting. Everyone (laughs) in Crawdad Republic is, you're not only great musicians and you have a great band, but you're also all contributing to the community in in incredibly special ways. Thanks for mentioning that. I think that uh, one thing about our band that, um, you know, I think we do put out there, but I'm happy that we have opportunity to speak on it is that, you know, one, we're passionately like, songwriters we love creating art we want to create something to connect with people and it's an outlet that we feel so humbled and fortunate to get the opportunity to do and forget about the rest of the world like our community is amazing and we love this community and if five people care about it then we already won like, well and it's it's the reason we had to do what we do right like this community coming up as kids they could have been like Psh, whatever man you know and they were like why don't you play here why you know i'll open my doors and have a bunch of 14 15 year old kids play you know so yes. on, on that front um and i'm sorry if i stole your thunder there but i feel like we now sort of feel the obligation to sort of pass the torch and make sure that the things that were in place that allowed us to do the thing that we love and connect with so many people um, are not only in place, but better than they were, even better than they were, even though they were great than when we came up. So um, I think that's the impetus behind a lot of what we do. Specifically, like, uh, again, like, to bring it to an example, my father, Kenny Williams, played music when I was a young kid at the Popcorn Factory, which was and became the First Street Ale House. Right. And then they purchased the location next door. But what happened was, you know, I, I was a child going and seeing performing art, right? He had two bands that continued to play. Panama Bay across the street became Panama Red. But this it was this fuel that fanned this fire. And now, as Dave said, like it, we feel it's our responsibility to continue to illuminate this pathway for, for kids and for people in Livermore. Because, you know, if they want to make it a career, great. That's awesome. But if they just want to make it a a place for their soul, a place for their heart to be themselves. Like the community's got their back and we want to help support that cushion. Right. You know? Right. And so anytime we can be involved with an opportunity to raise money for students, for music, for whatever we can. Um, yeah, this isn't about making money. This It's not. It's about sharing our ourselves, our hearts, our souls. Right. And it's also about supporting the next generation. And, and about this incredible sense of community that, I mean, I'm sure it's not unique in Livermore, but it's certainly prevalent in Livermore, right? This sense of we're all in it together. We're all, you know, trying to make things better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will just add a personal note, and I know Kevin would echo this too. I mean, so I've known, you know, all of you since you were younger. <laughs> so the joke is... You guys probably tell each other, you say, oh, like back when you were in high school, uh, Richard Nixon was president. When I was in high school, Richard Nixon actually was president. Sorry about I'm very that. very sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. But, I mean, you're all fine young men, and you've done incredible things to support this community. And I think of you all as my sons. One of you actually is. And, uh, and well, I just shout out button, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thank you all so much for everything that you've done and continue to do 
you know, for the community and for music here in the, in the area. It means a lot. It's, I mean, I would want to mirror that just right back. Like, um, again, we're only, we're doing it because we're only in a position to do it because everybody put us in a position to do it. But you work, you work at it. You guys are good musicians and you practice and you, and you exercise your art. And that's why you, that's why you're you know, where you are today. Well, thanks. Uh, well, is there anything else that we should have talked about? Questions you yeah, wanted us to ask? Can grab can real quick? Where's uh, your camera? Uh, oh, I need to oh, just yeah. show it on oh, live. Okay. Y'all, Altamont Beer Works from Livermore, California is simply the best brewery in the United States of America. So if you haven't checked it out, go get down. If you're lucky enough to get a We're All Gonna Die IPA, I suggest you do it. Right. And I, also, by the odds, what are the odds that next to that are the second and the third best breweries in the United States. And yet here they are, right? So they are. fairly incredible. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and hey, we got some good wine too. I hear. And some incredible distilleries, right? Yeah, and I've heard that too. But most <laughs> importantly, we've got something called livermorelivemusic.com. Yeah. So if you've made it this far to the episode and you've never checked out the website, please make sure that you do. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's an honor to be here. You know, um, my stepdad always told me that I wasn't, going to be smart enough to uh, be able to make it through grad school and make it here. And now one of us is a loser alcoholic that lives by himself. And the other one is planning a three week vacation to Hawaii with my mom. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is which? I'm sorry. That was cold. (laughs) That's well placed. I get it. That's well placed. That was actually a Rob joke. Thank you. You set that up. I was trying to beat you at your own game. Dungeons and Dragons. No. Well, so, yeah, I'm also pleased to announce, and Doug, feel free to edit this, that we will be doing another Dungeons and Dragons podcast, hopefully, in the near future, based on your request. So, Click on the yeah. link in the bottom right corner nice. of your screen right now. Before, and, we are, before we go out. And, <laughs> and email livermorelivemusic.com <laughs> for your request for a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And yeah. Dave and I will be back. And yeah. we're also going to do an out-of-band uh, spotlight on Two Day Town. That we're oh, hoping yeah. to drop yeah, in April. A huge plan yeah, on. and uh, that's going to be fantastic also. Yeah. Awesome. Again, man, you guys, thank you so much yeah. for coming down. I wish the thank whole you. crew could have been here uh, logistically impossible, yeah. but yeah, probably not going to happen. But thank you so much for your time and for your honesty and openness. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks you know? for having yeah. us, man. Yeah. We're yeah. honored to be here. Really? This yeah, this is, is absolutely super great. All right. Anytime you want us to talk about ourselves. Yeah. And if you're out there listening to live music in Livermore and you get a chance to go see these guys, Cry Republic, definitely do it. Any live music in Livermore is fantastic. Real thank quick, you so though, much. Oh, why yeah? didn't you hear the uh, pterodactyl go to the bathroom? The piece silent. Oh yeah. Uh, All right. Hold on. Rob, hold on. Shout I heard there was gonna be a whole joke portion, so you <laughs> you throw this in wherever you want, but you don't get me to prepare jokes and then don't let me tell them. Oh, okay. On your Dave, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's corner is gonna break this down. Dave's corner. All right. So there are two guys, right? And they were uh, they were in an insane asylum, and they both kind of decided that they didn't like being there. So one day they decided they were going to escape, right? So they spent a little while planning, and they finally escape. And their escape brought them all the way to the roof. Well, the first guy uh, looks over, and he's like, "Oh man, there's a gap between the two roofs in this city. So I'm just going to go for it." And he jumps, and he makes it. And the other guy gets up there, and he's scared, and he's like, "I don't, I don't." I don't know if I'm going to make it. So the guy says, look, we're going to get caught. You got to do it. He says, listen, I'm going to take my flashlight and I'm going to shine the beam to the other side. And you, I just want you to walk over the beam to the next 
building, right? And the first guy looks at him and says, I'm not an idiot. You're going to shut it off when I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get a free t-shirt from this podcast if you guess where I got that joke from. Yeah. And with that, I think we have to be out. Thank yep, you so much for listening. Yep. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Dave. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.